Welcome to the Voice of Many podcast show with Yolanda and Vanessa. Good evening and thank you for joining us. Our podcast would not be possible without you and our sponsor, Z Funk Production. Tonight with us, we're being joined with a very dear friend who has taken her passion for helping others and turned it into a legacy. Welcome to the show, Miss Marcia. Hello. Hello, lovely ladies. This is so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) We're so thrilled to have you. Thank you. And I'm just thank you, ladies, for the opportunity to just come and share. Oh, well, we want that's what we want you to do is to share, share, share. Uh, If you will, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Sure. So I was born in the beautiful island of Jamaica. Land of reggae music and white hair speeches. And of course, everybody wants to know, uh, okay, so why are you here? <laughs> but, you know, that was a decision of my family when I was 17 years old. So that's where I was originally from. And now you reside in? I'm in Orlando, Florida since 2005. And it's just, it's destiny. It really has been a blessing being here. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about your career background? So I will say this. I am, before I became a serialpreneur, which is what I like to call myself, because I'm I'm just always thinking about new business ideas. Um, But I was a bookkeeper for 10 years. I was a realtor for 11 years. I was a mortgage loan officer for 10 years. And then I was a financial literacy counselor for about six or seven years. And so I had always been in the um, banking, sort of credit counseling kind of industry um, before my foray into healthcare, which of course I had no experience in. Um, but if you go with your heart, you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. So that's what's kind of my background. I have a, um, a Bachelor of Science in uh, Marketing. And I have a master's in nonprofit management and leadership. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey into the senior care living? Sure. So my Aunt Dorothy ladies was my why. Um, okay. you know, you 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 think your late your seniors are doing well until you get that phone call that mm-hmm. says, Can you lend me money for rent? Mm-hmm. And I just thought she was a registered nurse for thirty years. How come you're asking for rent money? That just didn't compute. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it began, um, realizing that she uh, was not only behind on rent, she was behind on everything mm-hmm. because she was declining in cognitive function and nobody knew because she was living alone. Mm-hmm. And so in an effort to help her, um, she was living in New York at the time. I was living in Florida. And so what's interesting is, you know, I went up to New York and, oh, my word, yeah, to see your family like that, living as if she didn't have anyone, mm. was very heartbreaking. And so I said, do you want to come to Florida? Um, it took a little bit of convincing, 
happened, but yet she decided to acquiesce and come. But I think the key to hear guys stay in touch with your loved ones because she was giving all her money to the sick people. Oh, no. And she was giving all her money to, you know those palm readers? Yeah. That would send you stuff in the mail or phone call? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where her money was going. Right? Oh, no. And she believed it. And so we were doing an intervention, mm-hmm. basically. And it was not pretty uh-huh, at all. I called everything but a child of the most high. <laughs> we got her out and she came to live with me and for a while she was good she didn't have any issues I could leave her at home I could go to work because uh, I was working as a financial literacy counselor at the time but then I got the phone call that said uh oh I just made a mistake mm. and I thought, oh my gosh what happened I had to leave work come home she had dropped the coffee pot broke it all over the kitchen Mm. And it was just really disoriented, and I realized I couldn't leave her alone. And so, as a family, we talked about it. I couldn't give up my job at the time. I had to still work. I was in the middle of grad school. Um, And so we decided to place her in a community. This was my first entree into what healthcare looked like for our seniors. Mm. And I found a fairly decent one, I thought, and they did a fairly good job, you know, um, but ladies in the communities, they get a bath twice a week, Oh wow. three if you're wow. lucky, that didn't sit well with our family, and other things too, you know, like you would bring all the lotions and everything, and I would go pick her up on a Friday and pull her sock down, just funny. Mm. skin dry and mm-hmm. I just thought this is not no she doesn't deserve it even though she was a pill <laughs> she did not <laughs> deserve that real talk and seniors are not always mm. no right whoever they were when they were younger that's what they become when they old if they were small pills they become a big pill mm-hmm. um, but she's family and so you don't let them suffer yeah. um so I started looking at communities, and I like the private home model as opposed to the institutional setting. And she was a good candidate for the private home model. But the ones that I saw, I thought, well, Lord have mercy, if they could get a license, so could I. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. 2014, I set about getting licensed as an adult family care home. I had just about completed grad school. I gave 60 days notice and never looked back. I went to the facility. I sprung her and I said, Aunt Dorothy, we are blowing this popsicle fan. And I took her home. <laughs> and I got her some friends. And I got to keep her, y'all, for three more years before she went on to glory. No regrets. Wow. That's, that's that was awesome. my why. Wow. So the journey continues. I still have two of her original friends, wow. um, but we've had others that come and go, you know, and this is their forever home. Mm-hmm. That's how I think of it. Everybody gets a bath here every day. Well, tell our listeners, up. Yeah, and tell our listeners, too, the name of your, of your. Yeah, it's 
Serenity Adult Family Care Home. And uh, we are in Orlando, just outside of Lake Nona. Um, and we are a five-bed facility. Uh, it's a female-only facility. And the only reason it's female-only, my staff and I, we're not very strong. And with the fellas, you need someone that's strong because even though they're aging, these guys are strong. And when they become combative, it can be dangerous, you know? And so we are a female-only facility, and we take care of um, early onset uh, dementia, um, early Alzheimer's. As long as you can walk with your walker, it would be a great fit for our home. We have uh, two shared rooms and one private. And right now, we do have one private room available. So, yeah, that was my why. That's awesome. Oh, I got into this industry. And here's what's even more interesting. I met so many amazing people along the way. I realized nobody knew about the private homes. Mm, They knew about the big institutions, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were you familiar with any? No, not until I met you. See? Nobody knew. Um, They know about the chandelier buildings, but they didn't know about the private homes. And I met with a few colleagues, and I said, y'all, we need to be our own advocacy group so people could find us. So I pitched the idea of us becoming a nonprofit organization, kind of representing our own selves for branding. Um, They loved it. And so in 2015, the Residential Home Care Network was born. And basically, that network is a place where you can find us. So I have video tours on Mm. our website. So if you're in Jersey, right, and you want to find a home here in Osceola County, go click Osceola County. You see the provider. You have contact information. And you can tour the home all from the comfort of your laptop. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. It is such a cool tool. (laughs) And we were able to attract some sponsors like Zetas Healthcare and Senior Blue Book, and uh, we we were having meetings every month, and we were having Christmas parties, and so we have quite a few um, providers. It is my hope to continue to grow our nonprofit so that every single private home is listed on our website so people can find us. Now, I know last year I saw video clips of the Christmas party and the New Year's party that you did. I thought that was really yes. neat. Really neat. Thank you. We had so much fun. So much fun. Now and COVID just ruined everything. <laughs> but we're gonna we're moving through it. We're moving through it, that's for sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you would please tell our listeners about your new training curriculum. Sure. So what I discovered over the years People were always asking, Marcy, how did you start? And um, how do you get involved? And what do you do? And what's your step one? And I thought, you know what? I would spend 30 minutes here, an hour here, just going over the same thing. So step one training solution was created as a way for me to come up with different curriculum. So the first one is our Spill the Beans Institute, because I literally spill the beans, y'all. I'm telling y'all, everything. <laughs> Okay, so we cover everything from business planning, um, looking at your finances, because yes, this is a business, yes, you make money, but if you don't write it down and take it out of your head, 
you won't know you've gotten to your destination. So we work backwards. Soft skills. You have hard skills, like you have to take the 12-hour the class or the 26-hour class, depending on what license type you need. You may have to sit a state exam. But there are little things that nobody talks about, like you really should do your business plan first. You really should put down who you want to serve. You want to identify your why, why you're doing this, you know? Um, it makes me very uncomfortable when I hear individuals talking to them. The first thing they ask me is, how much money do you make? Really? Really? It's not about the money. If you do not like seniors, this is not the industry, right? I love my ladies. And when you have tough times, like this pandemic or a hurricane, where you're with them 24-7, making sure they're safe, that's a big deal, you know? So it has, your, your work has to be more than money, right? right. So during the curriculum, I, I do a video. I videotape myself. It's two hours from start to finish. But you, I cover every question. How do you get customers? Why do you price how you price? I give a copy of my personal business plan so they don't have to reinvent the wheel late. All they have to do is change the demographic based on the area they need. I give you my own financial spreadsheet. I show you how much I make. I'm spilling to these people. Oh, so, uh, well, so how, how, can, you, how can the listeners... Um, get that information. How do they go about um, getting in touch with you? Or, yeah, participating. Sure. So they can either type in uh, Facebook, MarciaMillerExperience.com, or um, my link is all over my Facebook page, Step One Training Solution. And they can just click on the link, Build the Beans Institute, and it goes straight to the landing page. It itemizes everything that's covered in the curriculum, and it gives you the price. You click on the button, and boom, there you have it. It's really $197. It doesn't break the bank. It's an investment in your future. Well, we will. And I'm telling everybody right now, honestly, you want to give somebody a Christmas gift? Stop giving them things that they really don't need. Give them a leg up. Mm-hmm. Give them knowledge so that when they get out of this pandemic, they have something shooting for, you know, that's going to make them and some money but create a future and a legacy for their family. Yes, that's so true. We, we've got to really look out for each other and support. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I made it so affordable, you know. Um, certainly, you know, after they're done with it, they completed their plan. They have a 30-minute um, um, consultation at the end where we sit and go over it. They do the work. I go over and I critique it. And so you always feel like you have somebody that you can ask questions. When I started, very few people wanted to answer questions. You learn on your own. Yes, that's, that's not good. Well, we definitely, we would like to, if, if you will, have you to come back and speak to our listeners about what to look for if you do have to make that decision or of putting your loved one in a home or a, 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 a yeah. 
a center to where they aren't able to take care of themselves. You know, that's a hard decision yeah, I would to love make. To. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And if I can, I'll share this with you about how difficult it was for me because my Aunt Dorothy did not want to go because she was still cognitive to understand. So this wasn't a decision that she wanted. But as a family, we realized I couldn't leave you alone anymore. Even though your lips are saying I can do it, I know that if I did it, I'd be arrested for elder abuse. So I had to put you in a place that was safe. And so I had to do it in such a way that she didn't know that she was going to be there. Uh, we got there, beyond packed. When we got in, and I told her it's where it's going to be. She glared at me. She didn't talk to me for about two weeks. Um, but I remember walking out of the facility, sitting in my car and crying. Because in my head, it was the right thing to do. As a family, it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But your heart is torn up. Yeah. So Ugh. she stayed there for about two years. And of course, again, I just wanted more. So that's why you know, I took her back out. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't like what I saw. So yes, I'd be happy to come back and share with the listeners um, how to navigate from step one and what questions to ask, what to look for. Absolutely. Yeah, because no one tells you. And whenever you have to make that decision, it can be so instant. And like you say, the repercussions from the family member being upset, how do you adjust to it and help them to understand at the same time? So, Yeah. And sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. Because I've come across family members. One person is a rational, reasonable one. Usually, the one that's caring for mom and dad. And then the one that lives out of town wants to tell the other one what to do. Mm -hmm. They've never cared for them one day. Difficult. It is. That is true. But I'm happy to come back and, and, and share that. It's been a pleasure. I was grateful with my family, though. <laughs> my family was very supportive, so I'm super glad about that. <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's, it, it's something we all are going to have to face one point or another. So Yeah, 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 yeah. I had so much fun just sharing and, and talking to you ladies. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, ladies. Oh, dear. Anytime, anytime. And to our listeners, we want to thank you for listening to the Voice of Many podcast. If you have any suggestions or questions, please contact us on our many social media web pages. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, and we hope to talk to you later.